John chapter 17. Pull it up in the original King Jimmy. And let's. We are, I felt like I ain't preached on detox in a while because we had anniversary. Then before that, I was, I was out preaching in Richmond and, and all that stuff. And so here I am. And the last time I talked on this series, we talked about healing of black and white America. And so we're moving into something else. We're still kind of dealing with that on Wednesdays, but I'm moving into something else because today begins the road to Easter. Write that down, the road to Easter. And we're talking about detox, volume two. Our heading is refined. And refined means this. Thank you, brother. You play so wonderfully. Um, it means to bring to a greater state of development or understanding. That's what refined means, to bring to a greater state of development or understanding. doesn't mean you don't know. It means I'm increasing in my understanding regarding a certain thing. And you refine through teaching. You refine through being informed, through educating, through discipling, becoming a student of the word of God. And so today I want to talk about this subject, into the world. Write that down, into the world should be on your screen here, into the world. We must shift our thinking. We need a paradigm. Um, I miss you yesterday, Brother Sherman. It was a great breakfast, man. Since April laid it out, we had all kind of stuff, man. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, we must shift our thinking regarding the world. The world is not our enemy. Write that down. It is not us versus them. I know you've heard that. But that is not the case. The world is our mission. It is our assignment. It is the harvest. We are salt and light in the world. The world is the systems of darkness that people that are not born again subscribe to. Your auntie, your uncle, your cousin, your brother, your mother who's not yet made a decision to follow Jesus, they are not your enemy. Stop acting as if you're better than them. Stop acting as if you got something, um, yeah, you got Jesus, but you're not better than them. On the human level, we're all the same, and if you're born again now, you have a responsibility of being salt and light in the world, in the systems of the world. We've been separated by how we live in terms of the scripture. But we're not enemies of the world. Y'all quiet up in here. We've been sent into the world with purpose. This is why before Jesus um, um, was beginning the journey to the cross, the Bible says he prayed for his disciples. Now I only have 21 minutes. I'm using all 21 of those and we're going home today, okay? Um, John 17, verse number 8, let's look at it in the New King James Version, verse number 8. We'll start with verse number 9. Yeah, it says, I pray for them. I do not pray for the world, but for those who you have given me, for they are yours. It doesn't mean he doesn't care about the world, but he understands what I'm about to do. My disciples need my intercession. Come on, go to the next verse. Um, all and all mine are yours and yours are mine and I am glorified, I am glorified in them. Now, I am no longer in the world, but these are in the world and I come to you. I'm getting ready to now transition. My assignment here on earth is ending. 
um, it, it says, Holy Father, keep through your name those whom you have given me, that they may be one as we are. Verse 12, while I was with them in the world, I kept them in your name. Those whom you gave me, I have kept, and none of them is lost except the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled, talking about Judas. But now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. But I do not pray that you should take them out of the world. I love that. Don't take them out, but that you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world, but sanctify them by your truth, and your word is truth. I love this, verse 18. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. Come on, say, into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself, that they also may be sanctified by the truth. I do not pray for these alone. I love this. But also for those who will believe in me through their word. Don't take them out the world, leave them in the world. I send them in the world with purpose. And I pray for those that will be affected by what they do in the earth. So important. So as we approach this Easter weekend, Easter's going to be really big for us. Um, it should be. But I want to gear our church for something like this. That every Sunday be Easter. Every Sunday be a time of rejoicing. Every Sunday be a time of souls being saved. Every, every Sunday be a time of souls being baptized. Um, and so as we approach this weekend, it is my assignment to steer our church back to the mission of Jesus. Say the mission of Jesus, which is people. Write it in your notes, people. Somewhere along the lines, we have forgotten people. How can we forget people when we have outreach and we love people and we hug people and we smile and wave at people? How can we forget people? Because some things we do out of pure um, routine, but our heart is far from the assignment that was left to us by Jesus. So not just for Easter, we're talking, but an understanding, a refining, listen, that this is how he builds his church. He had been with them, and now he's about to start his journey to the cross, and he prayed for them. He prayed for his disciples because they had the assignment of carrying out, look at this, his message of love and redemption to the world. That's heavy. That's heavy. He prayed for his disciples, and he sent them into the world because they had the responsibility of spreading a message of agape, of love and redemption. We ought to be people of love and redemption. The church should not be on the other side of love and redemption. Say love. Come on, talk back. Love and redemption. I need you to remember that. Write it down and circle that. That is our mission. And we find ourselves as believers on the other side of that too many times. 
everybody is worth redemption. I lost the room again. See, it's interesting how when it's somebody else, we get to sit and look and judge and, and, and say how we feel and what we think. But when it's us or our family, you want grace and you want love and you want mercy. And, and you, my uncle ain't that bad. That belongs to everybody. He left them here. He sent them into the world. It wasn't just a leaving. It was ascending. And you have the responsibility of spreading, being examples, being instruments of love and redemption. And you ain't got to go far to do that. You can start in your family. I have flown to preach in Africa, I've been in Lebanon, I've been in Mexico, I've been in India, and that's all great. But what about the family? You mean to tell me you can go to India to preach but won't talk to your cousin at the barbecue? You mean you have mass altar calls and folk come and get saved, but you still won't let your mom off the hook for what she did 20 years ago? She still doesn't deserve love and redemption? And this is our every day. I think we've forgotten it. We've been having church. We've been having a great time. We've been recycling saints. We've been, we've been, we've been swapping members. We've been, we've been doing all of our stuff that we call church and call good church. And I love church and that's my church. And thank God for that. But this is our assignment in the earth. It is people. And because he's perfecting that which concerns us, yeah, we done messed up a couple of times. Yes, how many of y'all done, done been messed over? Raise your hand. Oh, look, look how quick them hands went up. Put your hands down. How many of y'all done messed over somebody before? Oh, not, not the same hands. Some of y'all lying up in here. Because just because so, just you don't feel like you messed over nobody don't mean you didn't mess over nobody. I didn't mess. I love them. And just because you say you love them don't mean they feel loved by you. Oh, that's a word right there. That's a tweet and a Facebooker and a Snapchatter. Come on, a TikToker. Because you think because you holler, I love you. That don't mean I feel loved by you. Because the things you do don't come with love. The things you said to me don't come with love. Raising your hand at me, that don't come with love. Not being patient with me don't come with love. Not keeping record of wrong. That don't come with love. So watch who you say that to. And if you've been saying it to somebody, go back and check what love is. And if you ain't going to do what love does, then stop saying it. Ooh, that's strong right there. Some of y'all, I know that's right, Pastor. Talk to these married couples. I'm talking to everybody. And I know some people just don't understand what love is. They, they, it's not that they, they want to um, abuse it. They don't know what it is. You want to know what it is? Go to 1 Corinthians chapter number 13. Look at verse 4 through 7. Read it in the message. Read it in the passion. Read it in the New Living Translation. It makes it very clear of what you should be doing if you say you love somebody. And he left us, us here with the message of love's, come on, say, and redemption. Come on, say it again, and redemption. And he prayed for them because he's about to leave them. He's been with them. He's walked with them. He's talked with them. He's prayed with them. He's covered them. They saw him do miracles. Now he's about to go. 
And they about to witness some things that they're not ready for. So he had to pray. They about to witness him being betrayed and arrested and beaten and crucified and all of that. And, and he, he's, he's praying for them. What did he pray? We found it in the text. Verse number 10, we pull the scripture back up. Let's just walk through it and I'll sit down. Very simple message this morning. The next four messages leading up to Christmas, I'm sorry, Easter. I'm, I'm ahead, Jack, I'm ahead. <laughs> leading up to Easter will be simple and practical and you got to grab them and you got to run with them. You're going to have homework every week. You're going to have an assignment every week. We got things to do because he sent us into the world. And some of y'all keep trying to get out the world. If you start a business, it ain't got to be called Three Cross of Calvary Health Salon. <laughs> it ain't got to be called Jesus Be a Fence Candy Store. We ain't got to keep making all this Christian stuff. Thank God for it. But he sent us into the world. Jesus was in the world. He was in the world. He lived with them. He talked with them. He walked with them. He ate with them. He said, the one, the one I kissed, that's the one. You know why? Because he looked like everybody else. That's revelation even in that. I ain't telling you to go put no booty shorts on and put your taco meat out. But, but in the culture, he... See, Jesus looked like them too, so let me... Um, no, no, no. That's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. Put your clothes back on. You've been naked six years and you're still single. Put your clothes back on. That ain't working. Try something else. Put your booty up. Put your booty pad back in the drawer because that ain't drawing nobody. <laughs> Fellas, get them socks out your briefs. It ain't working. Y'all laughing because you know I'm telling you the truth. That's why you're laughing, but you're getting it. You ha ha, but you're like Reverend telling the truth. My booty pad itching right now. Let me, let me shift it while I'm sitting here. It's... <laughs> Woo! Now, if you got on the booty pad, ain't nobody, we just making you know, a little banter here. You ain't got the trip. A hit dog or holler, but if you get the, we know you got a booty pad on. What did Jesus pray? Verse 10. Verse 10. Come on, put it back on the screen. Um, oh, you just got, the, you just got the, 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 the titles. I ain't gonna walk you back and forth. Num, num, um, number one, he prayed that I am glorified in them. Write that down. He's sending us into the world, but he's to be glorified in us. What does that mean? He's to be elevated in our living. Write that down. This is what makes being a believer or a follower attractive. This is what makes 
being a Jesus person attractive. When I'm in the world with you, but there's something different about me. So I can't go sit in the break room with everybody else and talk about the boss and complain about the job because you were just praying about this job and you just ran around church because God blessed you with the job. How quick is what was once a blessing is now a curse because he's not glorified in you. Some of y'all run too much. You need stamina. You need some stick to itness. Just because it's rough than when you got to change jobs and churches and husbands and wives. And come on here. Your life should be exemplified by him being glorified and elevated in your living. And he's going to tell you when it's time to shift. There are times when you know I got to shift. If I don't shift, I'll die here. And you know you got to move. God will make that very clear. But all this shifting that we see in the church ain't God. Just moving around. That's because he's not elevated in our living. He says, I am glorified in them. Number two, that they may be one. Are you here? Write it down. Follow it. That they may be one. This is what he prayed for them. He wasn't talking about one in one place or one in uniform. We all got the same town and the same boots. And He wasn't talking about that because I used to be in choirs and we all had the same thing on and we were just as messy and petty as they could come. We were uniform but not one in the spirit. He's talking about unified in the spirit which means we got the same goal and our goal is souls. Our goal is making this life in Christ attractive through my marriage, through my singleness, through my career, through sports that I play, I got to be careful because I'm always representing Jesus and his kingdom. That they may be one. Here is the problem that we are kind of struggling with this being sent into the world because the church don't understand this, that they may be one. A lot of the fights you see now is in the church. It is, it is among the saints. It is difference of opinions. It is difference of doctrines. It is, and, and we just went amok with it because we lack humility. As if we can't be right. I mean, wrong. As if everything we do is right. You do know some of us are off and wrong, and we'll find out when we stand before Jesus. Because ain't no way you got eight churches with ten different doctrines. Somebody got to be wrong. But humility says, I ain't the one. It's got to be them down the street. It's got to be the word of faith. It's got to be the church of God in Christ. It's got to be the Presbyterian. It's got to be the good old smoking Baptist because we ain't, we ain't wrong over here. And, 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 and pride puffs us up. It said, we got the word over here at Lifeline Church. I don't know what the other church is doing, but we got the word over here. We teach the word and we walking in the word. We, we all good and we can, we can go to heaven tomorrow because we already over here. That's what pride tells you. When we walk through life like everybody else, we got folk that's got marital issues, folk that got single issues, we got folk that's fornicating, we got folk that's doing drugs, we got folk that's drinking alcohol, we got people that's living and trying to get themselves in line with God to live better. But ain't nobody made it. H Hello, speakers. I said ain't nobody made it. 
He's perfecting that which concerns. Where people are living with highs and lows. They have high moments and they do real well. Then they hit low moments. And when you hit low moments and you don't help God and how to deal with those low moments, you either drink or you smoke or you watch porn or you medicate or you do something to deal with your low moments because you ain't got in with God enough to let him give you peace and embrace you and minister to you. And, and see, that is why he's perfecting that which concerns us. That's why we got to get better every day. So you don't have a right to sit and act like you've made it and I've got it and I got the word and I'm doing good. No, 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 no. That's pride. Only pride says I don't need nothing. I'm good. And every day, even as your pastor, I got to stay before God because temptation comes and the enemy comes and he's whispering and he wants to pull you backwards. You take one step forward and here he comes and you got to stay before the Lord. You got to stay accountable. You got to keep a prayer life. You got to stay in the word. And you mean to tell me you ain't read in eight weeks and you ain't prayed in three years and you okay? He says, he says the enemy came to sift you as wheat, but I prayed for you that your faith fail not. Sift you. And the higher you go, the bigger the sifting. Oh, you a target. I told the being yesterday, you a target. You're a target, brother. I don't care if you've been saved two days, three years. You're a target. Because if you, if you can get a hold of who you are, if you can get a hold of what God has done for you, oh, you're dangerous to your community. You're dangerous to your career. You're dangerous in the streets. Because you out here snatching back, kids. You, got, you out here talking to Ray Ray. You out here mentoring look Nook Nook. You out here doing the work that was assigned to us when we go into the world. And some of y'all, God is taking you further than just your money doing the talking. He, he don't need you to just send money to the Boys and Girls Club. He wants you to go down there and sit with the five-star to them. And, and, and journey and invest. This is the one we're talking about, that they may be one, that they understand the assignment I've left to my church. My church upon this rock, I'll build my church I won't build a Baptist church. I won't build a white church. I won't build a Kojic church. I won't build a Presbyterian church. I'll build my church, the body of Christ, the bride of Christ, my little anointed ones, my disciples in the earth, and they have an assignment. So now there's pressure put back on the pews. That's why this superstar thing among leadership, that day is over. It's over. I mean, they're increasing it. You can't even get out your car without the camera following you now. And that was never God's intent. What are we doing? What are we doing? It is my responsibility to sit before God, to deal with my own crap, because God called us and we ain't perfect. I wish He had made us perfect first. How you called me to help deliver folk, and I ain't fully delivered myself. I'm dealing with my, myself every day. Oh, you are too. But Reverend, if you're still dealing with yourself until Jesus comes back, he'll be perfecting that. And it ain't got to be what you, it could be anything. We've been talking about our diets. That's an issue for me. I lose weight, I gain it. I lose it, I gain it. And it's not about what I'm eating, it's what's eating me. So I got to deal with that. And I don't get to post scriptures and post oil. I get to discipline myself. I get to deal with it day by day. And some days are good and some days are bad. 
And sometimes stress hits my life, and, and the enemy comes and says, well, just go back and do what you used to do. Because I used to watch porn to, to, to settle myself when, 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 when things would happen. And he said, just go back and watch a little bit more of that. Y'all not ready for y'all don't want to talk about y'all want to be honest in this church. Y'all okay, well I just go see preach my kid to the to the TV because y'all want to lie and y'all want to hide and y'all want to act like y'all all good and righteous and y'all don't ever do nothing wrong and you going to heaven tomorrow. Well, that ain't my story. Every day of my life, I got to fight because there's an enemy. And if you ain't fighting, that means you ain't doing nothing. Because if you, if you got an assignment in the earth every day, he's on your heel. You want people to come in here and just lie. That they may be, Jesus, I feel the Holy Ghost. That they may be one. And the reason we're losing out in this sentence to the world, because we're missing this unity part. I ain't debating with you. You believe Jesus had long hair, and I believe he had short hair, then so be it. But we ain't got to have no podcast about it. We ain't got to talk about and argue about the length of Jesus' hair, and was it three heavens or four? And no, 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 no. What about your cousin who can't stop smoking weed? What about your sister who's depressed and want to kill herself every night? What about them? Why well, you talking about the threshing floor and the third heaven and, and, and your license to preach? Ain't nobody thinking about that. He licensed all of us. I'm sending all y'all, and he said, go ye into the world and preach the gospel. You may not have a mic, but your life is the preacher. You are a living epistle. And every week, if you do your job, we'll be run over with souls and run over with baptism. When was the last time the baptismal pool was wet? And we shout, because once a year, somebody gets baptized. And most of them, it's their third time being baptized. Where's the harvest? I preached at my friend's church, and I met this Hispanic gentleman, and he came to me, and I'm talking to him. And I said, yeah, man, how did you find the church? He says, Reverend, let me tell you this. I had just got out of jail. And I heard about a church. It wasn't even this church. And I put it in my phone, and I was heading to that church, and my phone died. And it died in front of this church. So I said, I'll just go in here then. Because I don't know how to get to the other one I was trying to get to. He went in that church, got saved, got baptized. He said, that's my wife. God restored him to his wife. And everybody that was in the unit with him, when they got out of jail, they came to that church and got saved and got baptized because it's our job in the earth. Sheep beget sheep. And while we arguing over who church you go to and who left what church and what side you own and what you don't agree with and you offended about the music and you don't like the pastor talking about money and the pastor too fat and his wife too bald head and it's always something with your fickle self, you got to get back to God's assignment in the earth and that is people it ain't got nothing to do with you we've made everything about us and how we feel and we going through and I'm tired and I'm hurting what about the harvest we ain't even give nobody no ride to church but you always got some high maintenance low impact always need attention, always need prayer, always need a meeting, always offended. And he says, I want them to be one 
around the assignment that I gave them. If we got to heaven, Drew, and our crown was indicative of how many people we led to Jesus, most of us would have an empty crown. It'd just be a hat. No jewels on it. No gems on it. What if your robe was indicative of how many souls you'd have won? That's how beautiful it is. Some of you just have on the bag in heaven. Because you'd have went through the whole life and never tapped into your assignment. That's the preacher's job. It ain't the preacher's job. It's all of our responsibility. When was the last time you led somebody to Jesus? Well, I don't know the prayer. You ain't got to know the prayer. What prayer are you speaking of? The prayer is this. You love Jesus. You believe Jesus died. Well, come on into the kingdom. Hallelujah. Praise God. I was going to get him saved, but I didn't know that. I can't remember the prayer, and I had called Sister Cantaloupe, and she didn't answer the phone, so I didn't even know what to say to the man. Let me, said, calm, let me calm down, y'all. Got me all weird up. I have never, Sister Ebony, in my life understood my assignment more. The reason he named this church Lifeline. And we got off to a good start, Drew. And somewhere, Lifeline became about us. We throwing ourselves the rope. We always going through. But what about the harvest? What about your cousin? And you know they're going through. They hurting to the core. They are hopeless. And you call them to meet with the pastor for the fifth time because you're mad about the ushers. You on the phone gossiping about your leaders after they've they buried your mama and helped your, your brother and dedicated your baby and married you married your three times. All three of your wives would have married you. Are y'all quiet up in here? I see now why I didn't want the mic on my head today, Marsha. That they may be, y'all still here? Come on. I got three minutes. Number three. Number three. I didn't plan on doing all this. Am I doing good? Y'all receiving this? In this season, I'm going after everybody's husband that ain't in this church. You've been praying for your husband for 10, 15 years. We, we going after them. We're not going to harass them in the natural. We're going to grab them in the spirit because only God can turn a man's heart. We're going, we going after them. We're going after your children, after your weed-smoking uncle. We're going after your hooking sister. We're going after all of them, the same people that's in the bad place that we were once in. The Bible says we once were. You weren't always saved. You didn't get up and take a chariot from heaven. You was always into something, but God snatched you out of darkness. He called you out of darkness and into the marvelous light. Now you have a responsibility to go back in. And how dare you sit? The world is not our enemy. It's our harvest. And so these next four weeks, ooh, it's going to be all in, so in here. And Easter going to be a, a, a record-breaking day. But it ain't just going to be Easter and we pick up next year. It's going to start revival in our church. 
in our community. I'm so passionate about this. I'm so sick of the devil. I wrestle not against flesh and blood. I ain't got no problem with nobody. None of y'all, even those that say they're my enemy, I have no problem with you at all because you ain't stopping God blessing in my life for nothing. I love you, but I'm so sick of the enemy. Because he, he ain't got nothing new, uh, Karen. It's the same old stuff. If somebody keeps slapping you on the right side of your face, at least turn to the other side. At least put your hand up or something. And then just get slapped. It's a not, it's a, it's a, if you walk up here, Elder Dominic, and I love you, and you slap me right now, I'm just going to tell you right now, just naturally, I'm slapping you back. Elder, it's just, it's natural. I love Twan, but if I'm preaching and he run up here, I ain't going to need Drew. I'm hitting him back. I'm throwing this tang at him. I'm pushing him through this TV. Oh, it's going to be some moving around the furniture in the service. And y'all going to say, well, he slapped past the first. Because it's a natural reaction. How much more should your reaction be in the spirit when enemy raise up his head in your family and raise up his head in your money and raise up his head in your thinking? When he raise up his head, you lift up a standard. It's going to be some preaching around here. Because I got to evangelize y'all again. Because y'all been enjoying y'all personal Jesus. That's my Savior. That's my Jesus. That's my church. It's my seat. They're my pastors. You're going to have to share in this season. And get yourself out the way. If you see new folk here, let them sit down first. Folk want to get in line and hug the pastor, let them hug them first. You got my doggone cell phone number. Get out the way and make room for the harvest. Ooh, I didn't plan on doing all this. That they may have my joy, number three, fulfilled in themselves. Because you can't do it without joy. Some of y'all done had your joy sapped. It had been sapped by your life and your money and circumstances in the pandemic. Some has been sapped by your preacher, by your church. It's just been zapped. The joy of your salvation has been gone. But I declare in the name of Jesus that it's being restored right now. You lift your hands and receive it right now. Jesus, the Bible says, was a man of sorrows. And he was acquainted with, somebody said it, with grief. Yet... He had a measure of joy. Ooh-wee. So you can have life troubles and still have joy? I ain't talking about no song. I'm talking about smiling. When y'all just came and got in my car, on the inside, I'm full of the Holy Ghost, and I got the joy of God, and they just repossessed my car and, and brushed out my window, and my husband just told me he don't want me no more, but I got the joy of the Lord. So y'all don't, it's called, it's called joy unspeakable and full of goodness. <laughs> yes, Lord, Jesus had joy and satisfaction. I'm satisfied. Because it was rooted in unbroken fellowship with God. The reason y'all lose y'all joy, because you keep breaking fellowship with the Father. 
He had joy and was satisfied because it was never diminished by his own sin. Our joy is broken because of our sin. Hello? Testing one, two. Test. And all have sin. And, and you'll never be sinless because he's perfecting it, which concerns you. But you should be sinning less. The more truth you know, the more you move away from things that breaks God's heart. The more you deal with the root of sin. Sin ain't just an action. There's a root to it. There's a reason you do that. You say that. You watch that. There's a reason. There's this anger. There's bitterness. There's hurt. There's whatever. There's trauma. There's a reason. And Jesus deals with the root. He saw that tree and he cursed that tree at the root. And the next day when he came back, the whole tree was gone. We've been cutting leaves in church. That's why the altar line is always full because once the leaves go back, I got to come and get prayer again. I got to come cry again. I got to hit the floor again. I, I got to do all this again. And I feel good for a minute. And they, they, they cut them leaves today. Ooh, it's a great day at church. You're on Facebook. You're testifying. You, you're putting hashtags. And give it, give it three weeks. Give it to Saturday. And you're back on the same Facebook that you was just telling victory about. Giving the devil credit. And how you're going through. And how you don't need nobody. And how you're mad at the world. And all y'all can go somewhere. I got to come back to the front and cut some more leaves. But if I deal with the root, I say, wait, 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 wait. There's some bitterness going on here. I prayed for a lady one time, and I was, I was speaking in Aurora, and I prayed for She came up to prayer, and she was all bent over. And I said, y'all done heard this before. Act like you didn't hear it. I don't care. And she, she come up there, and she's, well, some of y'all, then she's bent over. And she said, can you pray for my back? And I, I looked at her, and I stepped back, and I said, it ain't your back. And she says, what do you mean? She says, hey, what do you mean my back? I'm bent over me in my back. What kind, of, what kind of preacher are you? It is my back. I said, no, it's the people in your back. Because you got to get to the root. Because I can pray for you. You can have temporary relief and be all oh, praise God. But if you don't release some people and forgive those people, you'll be bent over in a couple weeks. I said, what you got to do is call out the people that's in your back. I said, call their names out. Those that have hurt you, offended you, those you refuse to forgive, release them right now and your back will be made whole. And she thought about it for a minute, Elder, because we don't want to let people go. We want people to feel how we feel. And that's not your job to make folk feel how you feel. You get healed for you and let God deal with them. Because that'll make you more mad. But you want them to feel something, they'll move on with their life. He done got remarried. She done got remarried. He done bought a new car, a new bike, and a new wig. And you still sitting over here mad? I said, release him. And she released him. And her back, she called the names out. And she was calling a couple of names, man. Actually, said, who's in your back? Number four, I have given them your word. Come on, I got to go. I got to go. I told you 1130. I don't want to be no liar. But I already am. It's after 1130. Okay. <laughs> Can I finish? I have given them your word. I didn't just give you teaching, he told them. I gave you myself. I showed you my personality, my character. I equipped you to do this. You are equipped to do this. Number five, leave them in the world. Don't take them out. Don't take them out. 
Here's what I do, because I feel like I'm rushing, and I got one more, and I got to give it to you until we go. I'm, can I send you my notes? Will you look at them? Get, get these folk on the camera, because some of them lying. They can put my notes in the back window like that Bible. Come on, hell. Like that Bible. We get out of church back in the day and throw the Bible in the back, in the back of that window and stay there till next week. And get out, and get out, next Sunday, get and go to church. Where my Bible at? Who moved my Bible? Who moved my Bible out this window? I moved them. I'm going to put it over there by your cigarettes. It's sitting over there by your cigarettes. Leave them in the world. Don't take them out. Number six. What's up, Keith? Number six. I'm sending them. You can play some. He, he finished music. I'm sending them into the world. He didn't just leave them. He sent them into. Look at what into means. I got to give you this. Look at what into means. Look at what into means. Expressing movement or action with the outcome of someone or something becomes enclosed or surrounded by something else and makes physical contact with someone or something else. I sent you in to. Come here, Pastor Twan. Come, 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 come. Come. I am commissioning Pastor Twan. And I am sending him into the pews. I'm sending you into the pews. First, he hesitated right here. Like, what you mean sending me into the pews? And he walked down there, and he stood by the pews, but he still didn't go into the pews. I said, I commission you to go into the pews. That's how we do what God's commissioning. I need you in there. I, I, I need you in there. I'm sending you into. That's why they got mad with Jesus. They said, now, wait a minute. You, Jesus, how are you down here at Zacchaeus' house? What you doing down there? Surely. Why, why are you down here with these tax collectors? What, Jesus, what are you doing? Don't you know they crooks? Don't you know they sinners? Don't you know they smoke weed and drink alcohol and have sex and throw parties and cuss? Don't you know that? Why are you down there with them? Because Jesus was also sent into the world. He came to teach. He came to live among us. He came for justice and truth and righteousness. Listen at this last one. Listen at the last one. He came to rescue men. He came to throw out the lifeline. The 
some of you all caught a lifeline years ago. You heard about this church. You saw some pictures. You came. Your life was changed. You got the word. You met people. If you prayed for your depression and you ain't throw, thrown a lifeline out since. He said, I'm sending you into the world. Can I commission you too? Daughter, can I commission you into the pews? You gotta get yourself together. See what she just did? She wanted to get herself together first, fix the clothes. Now go in that wrinkle. Let them see you deal with stuff too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I, can I commission you into this is the world. Can I commission you into the world? Now here's the thing about it. It's illustration. But when you're commissioned, you follow God on where he wants you to be. You just don't go and that go plop down somewhere. No. God, where you want me to be? There could be a party going on. They could have cocaine there. Strip us. And God will say, I need you at that party. That's why you got to follow God because everybody can't handle it. You've been there on the pole with him. He, he, you can't do that. <laughs> hey! hey! No, 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 no. no, no. Well, he said go into the world. But, but sometimes you got to have some distance between your pole days and going back to help folk on the pole. Because their pole still may be attractive. You just stopped smoking dope last week. You can't go to the car party yet. It's dope everywhere. You got to wait a minute until dope don't bother you no more. But when you walk past and say, something jumping you, you don't need to be there yet. Because you about to get high. Can, can, I, can I commission you into the world? She got that swag, she said. <laughs> can I commission you into the world? You, and you may, you may not go there and sing. That, that could be your grace for in here when we come for training. To encourage us, build us up. commission you into the world. It may look just like this. It, it may not be, I, I'm going into the world to be a ballet dancer. No, 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 no. Yo, this is your grace. God is calling all of us into the world. Elders is a school teacher. How many years? 37. 37. You ain't gonna tell me he's only done math and English and stuff then. He's affected some of them kids because he's a believer in the world. And we can't change and save everybody, but I can affect my world. 
My world is where I live. It's my son's school. It's where they play ball. It's where you go to the laundromat. That's your world. And if you're in the world and they think you a mean cuss or you rude or you nasty, you ain't doing your job in the world. Because you ain't got to go in, you ain't take no Bible. As a matter of fact, you can't take no Bible in there talking to them kids about no Bible. Cause he, but he should be the walking word. Ooh-wee. I love this kind of teaching. Oh, I got to quit. Will you commit to your assignment in the world? I ask you a question. Last thing Jesus did was he prayed for them. He prayed for all those that would be affected by you going into the world. That's number seven. Verse number 20. All I did was walk through a passage with you. It blessed me. I hope it blessed you. Okay, that was cute. If you really received some, clap your hands for him.